0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 55 of The Uncovered Podcast. I'm your host, Baram Kazi. You can find me at Def Mango on Twitter. And with me, of course, as always, is Jared Kimber.
1: You can find him literally. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to hundred dollars just visit prizepicks.com play 100 and use code play 100 that's code play 100 at prizepicks.com play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy I'll come to the comments later, but Jared, Pakistan have
0: defecated on the birthday cake. Does that Does that sound about right? <laughs> Is that um, what Baba um, said in the press
2: conference? I missed it. That would have been a hell of a one. I mean, why Why are you <laughs> asking me? What What um I should be asking you. Uh, how do you feel? Do you need an, an emotional support animal at this point? <laughs> um, are you surprised? Are you angry? Are you horny? I
0: don't know. How are you feeling? <laughs> I am disappointed, of course. Um, not as surprised, though, because it really wasn't a contest. I think Afghanistan chased it down quite comfortably and it was a really calculated chase. And I would say that, look, you dropped David Warner on 10 runs versus Australia. Then you went on to drop two more. We both mentioned how Pakistan will probably have to outbat Australia in that game. And they really minimized their chances of doing that. Then come Afghanistan, I think they batted really well. I think 282 was enough on this surface. But it was really, really poor bowling in both games. They served up pie after pie after pie. Too much width on offer or they'd be straying down leg. And then also, you know, the captaincy, I thought, was really, really off today. I think this is the worst I've ever seen Barber Azam captain. The bowling changes were awful. The field placements were awful. Atas in the comm box was pleading for a, a long on or a long on and long off to come up, right? It was really bad, and when the ball was reversing, Baba continued with the spinners when he didn't have much runs to defend. He did not bring back his paces, which was, you know, quite bad. And and the fielding, forget the drop catches today, the ground fielding was really, really bad, right? I don't know which one of these factors is the biggest contributing factor, but all three of them combined have really resulted in Pakistan winning only two out of five and losing to Afghanistan for the first time ever in ODI cricket. I think car has been playing really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if the mania, I think, was... The one shining light in all of this. Even versus Australia, mm-hmm. I thought he was doing well. Kind of got unlucky over there. Yeah, He's he got well like, yeah.
2: tournament. He hasn't been hit for any runs. I, so, I, I think Rizwan, Iftikar and Shafiq are the only players who are playing above par. But I'm not sure anyone else mm-hmm. is even playing par. Well, I mean, Shaheen did take five
0: versus Australia. He deserved six. He should have had Warner's wicket. But today, again, I mean, but, but he, he looked, didn't. Uh, he look took five, don't get me ball. wrong.
2: I, I don't like dissing hmm. death wickets. Yeah the innings was kind of over at that point and it was already too much for them to chase. That's not, so, mm. that's not his fault, right? Because, you know, it's only one part yeah. of his game. But Shaheen Afridi taking five wickets, there's five wickets up front and there's five wickets at the end. There's mm-hmm. about a million percent difference between those two. But I, I get your point. Um, I just yeah, think, no, absolutely. I just think, I, I mean, I don't know. The Bubba stuff, I get. Um, I don't think that's why Pakistan is two and three, right? Um, maybe is it strike bowling? Because that's what makes
0: Pakistan a special team and their bowling has looked really, really flat. And the spinners in particular, they might be the
2: worst spin bowling attack in the tournament at this point. We were asked that say. on the previous show. Um, and it's a, it's a very fair question. I think you probably still take Pakistan spin over Netherlands, right? But at the moment... Mm. The Netherlands, well, Aryan Dutt has looked yeah. better than any of the spinners in both teams. Roloff is bowling Roll better than anyone well. in Pakistan, right? <laughs> Colin Ackerman yeah. could come in now and he'd be <laughs> Iftika, right? So yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, uh, yeah, look, they're not taking any wickets. and But we knew it was a weaker bowling attack to begin with, right? When the mm. ball hasn't swung early on and Hassan Ali hasn't got wickets with the wobble ball and and Harris Ruff hasn't got any wickets later on, where do they turn? They don't have anyone else who can take wickets in this side, right? You know, they mm. brought the leggy in for two games, Osama Murr, and he's basically me. Right? He's going at <laughs> eight and over at this point, yeah? Slightly taller than me. A bit of action. Yeah. But mm. he's bowling like a you know he's bowling like another every league spinner they bring in bowls like a part-timer despite the fact they're all supposed to be functionally uh you know first choice bowlers uh, I mean to be honest
0: Jared I think you would have got a hand at least on that David Warner catch right you might have dropped it probably not but you would have laid a hand on
2: it you know I I played <laughs> in a game of cricket um earlier this year and the wicketkeeper came up to me and said at one stage you realize you're diving too early every time mm. and it was causing my mind because I'm not used I hadn't I've played a lot of cricket since I broke my arm. So in my mind, I was like, I have to throw myself around the field and get used to it. But I was diving too early every time. I was reminded of that watching Imam Al-Haq field at times today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like...
0: R- Rambo made a comment, right? He was like, he jumps over the ball every single time. And I thought that was hilarious.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it's a bit like England and maybe even like Australia after the first couple of games. Well, you look at it and it's like, okay, everyone's moaning about Butler and Baba. Douglas Jardine, M.S. Doney, Arjuna Ronatunga. You can pick your fantasy captain, Stephen Fleming, Jeremy Coney, mm. Martin Crowe, he's gone all New Zealand now. You can pick yeah. Rick Armstrong. You can pick whichever fantasy captain you want. If your bowlers keep bowling short outside of stump, if your spinners mm-hmm. are all absolutely terrible, and if your batting lineup isn't quite making up for all those other things, so batting above and beyond what you need them to do, what's mm. the captain supposed to do? That's not dissing Ather's. There are times when he could have brought the field in and and everything else. If he brought mid-on and mid-off up, though, they would have just dropped the catch and thrown the ball back over the head, right? Like You have to be realistic with these things. England and and Pakistan are not losing because of captaincy.
1: Who the hell thinks Mm. that? It's because they're playing shit. They should stop playing shit. (laughs)
0: yeah well you wouldn't want to swap places with Monet Morkel right about now right because that was a perfectly fine looking bowling attack and now a lot of fingers will be pointed towards him and probably wrongly because
2: he's barely been in the job right well Hassan Ali in what two weeks they probably took a chance on Hassan Ali if you look at his figures I I don't think he should have been picked I'd love to talk Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk to the the selection committee about this but I don't think he should have been picked I think he was picked a little bit because they trusted him because he's Hassan Ali which is fine Mm -hmm. I get it Shaheen is clearly not up to scratch and mm-hmm. and Harris Ruff is just maybe, what, 5% off his best? But his, the thing with him is 5% off his best when you're not that accurate and you don't do a lot with the ball. If the ball's not reversing as as much, I know there's little bits of times, but mm-hmm. if it's not reversing as much, he's not bowling a slow ball. Um, I don't know where he goes as a bowler. Uh, I, I don't think he was horrendous today, but I think that good batters waited for bad balls and they hit them. And
0: he gave them enough. Yeah, well... I mean, Australia took him for, what, 47 runs in his first three overs. He came back at the death. He's a really, really good death bowler, you know. He took three for 24 in the last four overs. But look, if we look at Pakistan's batting, of course, the bowling has been abject. There are no two ways about it. They've been wayward, erratic, all of that stuff. But if you look at their batters, Baba was having a stinker, but he's got a couple of 50s now, hasn't been able to cash in proper. Imam reached, what, 70-odd versus Australia, couldn't cash in. Abdullah Shafiq, after that time versus Sri Lanka, has continued to look mm-hmm. good. He's crossed 50 a couple of times. But again, he hasn't gotten that big score. And Pakistan now are in a position where even to stand a chance of qual- qualification for the semifinals, they will have to win Four out of their remaining four games, which are against really, really good teams, barring you'd say maybe Bangladesh. So Pakistan, I would favor them in that Cup.
2: Did they have less? So oil, when it comes down, are they in a worse position than they were in ninety two? They're probably in a similar position and because was, in ninety two also
0: they needed to yeah. win everything and also depend on other games. Was, right now, was rain they wasn't just there need to in uh, England yeah. game. So it's yeah, it's, it's yeah.
2: interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Pakistan right now, if they win those four games, which I don't think they can, they will probably. You know, it'll put them in good stead. But yeah, I mean, South Africa's playing great. New Zealand's playing great. And I just feel like it'll come down to the batters scoring big. All of these guys who are getting starts in 50s, they just need to go on and get to three figures. And the only way Pakistan remain alive in this World Cup is via their batting. And that is
2: looking woeful, isn't well, it? Well, their batting is weaker now than it was at the start of the tournament mm. because they've had to drop yeah. a batter because their bowls are so bad. So we're saying their batters mm. have to play even better, but we're also saying you're going to have to do it with one less uh, batting option in the side. So, mm. h- how are they? How are they supposed to be able to do any of this, right? I'm, I'm just going to put yeah. a hypothetical to you, and you can finish Pakistan so you don't break it to tears here. But mm. if I said to you coming in that Pakistan would uh, break the record for the highest chase in World Cups, and after mm. five games would we'll be above England on the points table, you would have been pretty <laughs> happy, though. Yeah, I would be ecstatic. And You're and not uh, happy. I mean, Sarah. you're not happy absolutely. at all. I mean, I
0: literally said that they defecated on the birthday cake, and that's funny because they are all—they're all, always cutting cake, right? That's the Pakistan thing. That's the Pakistan way. Screw scoring rates and everything. But anyway, let's talk about Afghanistan, right? Mm-hmm. They've slayed yet another giant in this World Cup after England, and this time their top four batters, all of them, yeah. stood up. They all got runs, all pretty much crossed fifty, other than Hashmatullah, I think, who was unbeaten on 48. Plus, Noor Ahmed, World Cup debut—they go in with four spinners on a Chennai surface. Love that. Noor takes three for 49 and was one of their best players, and. Afghanistan dominated this game. They were dominating huge chunks of this game and Pakistan was only up for like brief periods. Mm. And even though their catching let them down versus New Zealand which I thought had they caught 3 of those 5 catches they would have fared better. I do feel like this might just be a watershed moment for
2: Afghanistan cricket because you need those wins to look back to which inspires future generations. Yeah, I mean I I see what you're saying. I would go a completely different direction. And what I would say is mm. that essentially what we have with um what we have with afghanistan is that their batting mat- showed maturity in a way that we haven't really seen in a world cup against a good team and that mm. their top four functioned the way that a top four should function i mean it functioned better of course because they mm. played so well but essentially one guy went quite hard put pressure on the bowlers the other three batted um they you know um just smartly in the situation as as was needed at any one stage so the inspiring thing is I don't think Pakistan, Pakistan, they're terrible. I don't think Afghanistan need inspiring. Right. I think what they need is a top four that can make runs. Right. Mm. And I think what we saw today was hopefully the, the, um the system that will go forward of, yeah. Okay. We have multiple batters. Um, these guys can make big runs. They can put pressure on good um bowling attacks. And uh, we can also chase. It, it was the 17th highest chase in world cup history. Mm. And, 282 doesn't seem like a big chase. But if you're Afghanistan... It was, also, it was also their highest chase in an ODI ever. And Pakistan
0: had never conceded more runs in the second innings. Oh well, had never lost a game in the World Cup in
2: which they had scored at least 275. So those yeah. are big things. Exactly. And look, we know there are caveats there and, and all sorts of things of how, Af- uh, how Pakistan played and, and everything else. But when, it, when you come down to it, it was an absolutely fantastic performance. So for me, it's not about inspiring what they did is how you win games in World Cups against good teams mm. consistently. It's not a one-off. Yeah. If you look back to the England game, there's an element of fluke in that. Not not, not fluke as in they didn't deserve the win, but as in how do you mm. replicate that? Gabaz goes nuts. And then yeah. uh, one batter stays with the tail and the tail go nuts. Like, how, mm. like put that up on the board, right? Like <laughs> you can't do that. Put this one up on the board. We're going to pick an extra spinner on a spin-friendly wicket. We're going to come up with good plans for each of the bowlers. uh, Sorry, for each of the Pakistani batters. We're going to try and keep them to par or slightly below par. And then our and then our attacking batter is going to go out and put some pressure on them. And everyone else is going to bat to their strengths as deep as possible. You can plan that. That that is that is a good way of winning cricket games. And that's the difference between the England one, which is more like an associate win, and this one, which Mm. is more like a top level one day we can make the semifinals win. Not now, but and it was, you know, one day. Yeah, one day. And it was pending, you know. They had
0: come close versus Pakistan so many times. So I think Afghanistan definitely deserved this. And uh, yeah, congratulations to any Afghan people who are watching this. I'll just take a quick look at the comments before we can go on our first break. Pratik Jha says, hi, Behram. I am not the guy who calls you that guy. Well, I love that guy as well. And Tuhin Subranath says, just here to see Behram cry. Well, hate to disappoint you. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing completely fine. And then Triple Szechuan Fried Rice says, Hello, Behram and J-Rod. Sending love to both love right back at you. And yeah, this is a good time to take a break. We'll be back with more cricketing stuff. Uh, yeah,
2: you're watching Uncovered with Behram and Jared. And we'll catch you after this break. Looking for a cricket game that makes you the captain, coach, selector and, I don't know, director of cricket? You can do all of that on Wicket Cricket Manager. Let you control every aspect of the game. Show off your cricket expertise as you navigate through thrilling matches. Buy, sell and train players to build a team worthy of victory for Wicket Cricket Manager. Welcome back to
0: Uncovered You with Behram and Jared and yeah, let's move on to Australia. Last time we spoke, they had lost two games out of two. And now they have recovered well. They've won both their games versus Sri Lanka and then Pakistan. David Warner and Mitch Marsh scored 163 and 121, respectively. Warner has now scored four consecutive ODI tons versus Pakistan, which I think is definitely worth mentioning. And Mitch Marsh also got a 50 versus Sri Lanka. So the top order, or at least the opening pair, is firing. But the rest of the batters aren't. Versus Pakistan, their next best score was 25. And those were extras not even a single batter, right? And Travis Head is recovering. So let's suppose, hypothetical situation, Travis Head is fit for the next game. Who sits
2: out? Is it Steve Smith? No, it's probably Manus, isn't it? Well, doesn't Manus have a mm-hmm. negative strike rate at the moment? I mean, I haven't is, noticed, does he? but I w- he would have to have the lowest strike rate in, in the World Cup, wouldn't he? I, I'd be shocked if anyone else was lower. Um, <laughs> so I think it's probably him. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Inglis is going to keep, they're probably not going to go back to Kerry now after making quite a, you know, savage uh, move there. Mm. Um, And Manus just hasn't looked like making any runs. The thing is, I think I might have said this on on another video or I was talking to a friend about this, but essentially Manus could still make runs like in this tournament and could Mm. still make a really important innings. But the question would have to be is is Manus in any way going to have um, the ability to have an impact on this tournament? And it'd be hard to say he's going to at the moment, right?
0: Yeah, no, and uh, strike and rate 64, great
2: by the way. 64. <laughs> so, the only specialist batters, fighting. there's a couple, all the other specialist batters with a lower strike rate than him have, have just have scored no runs, right? So, hmm. who have we got here? Uh, Ridoy, O'Dowd, and uh, Vikram. So, the two openers from the Netherlands hmm. and Ridoy, but none of them have made any runs. So, you know, you, sometimes you have no strike rate when you've made, when you haven't made any runs just because, you know, you're getting started. He's made what, 121 runs? It's been bad. Something like that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Travis Head has been in impeccable form all year. He had a good Ashes series as well. And I think that Australia wouldn't blink twice before, you know, shooing him in, into this didn't blink but another twice. Big did, you, did
2: you hear the Matthew Hayden line where he said, Pakistan are blinking all over the place here. He said, <laughs> like, I, sometimes he says something that's so bizarre. And, and, and mm. I just think that should, be, that should be on a T-shirt. They're blinking <laughs> yeah, all I over mean, the I place think- here. I actually love Hados
0: and uh, Watto and the Combox. I think they bring great energy, even if they have a tendency, oh well, Hados in particular, yes. to say something bizarre. But another big positive for Australia is that Adam Zampa has taken back-to-back four, wickets ha- four wicket hauls, first versus Sri Lanka and then versus Pakistan. And once again, he's looking like that same bowler who, between both World Cups, took 77 wickets at 22 apiece, which is the most for any pacer or spinner, by the way. Would you say this is perhaps the biggest positive for Australia moving forward in this tournament, which is going to be played in India and you need your
2: spinner to fire? Hmm. I mean, yes, I suppose. Um, Perhaps the biggest positive is still Maxwell, though, right? Like, if you know your fifth bowler, Hmm. and I know he didn't get through all of his overs against Pakistan, it was maybe the first time that he got met a little bit, but he's been outstanding Mm -hmm. so far in this tournament. And you kind of figured that Zampa wouldn't struggle forever, maybe is the best way of putting it. uh so yeah, I think those are big positives. Um but yeah, there's there's plenty of issues. I mean, this is why I do the power lists and everything, right? Because you could see mm. just how much who you play really affects it. So someone was asking uh, me earlier about like, is why have Afghanistan done better than Bangladesh? And I mm. and I was like, Well, actually, um, you know, Bangladesh beat Afghanistan, right? But then they since then they played England, New Zealand and India. Um and they haven't mm-hmm. played um Netherlands or Sri Lanka. Oh. Pakistan, maybe, at the moment, might be another one there, right? So when you play teams, really, really matters. And, uh, you know, Australia have played Sri Lanka, who are already pretty much emotionally out of the tournament at that stage. Mm. And they were still using their young bowls. They looked a lot better when they used their older bowls in the following game. And they played Pakistan, who we now know are terrible. So, you know, (laughs) some of it is that. There are better signs for Australia, but certainly, like, we're not get, uh, you know, I don't think anyone would get that excited about them at the moment compared to the top three teams who look a lot more smooth. Yeah, I think so as well. I think uh, versus Pakistan in particular, maybe it was Pakistan
0: playing bad that was more of an issue rather than Australia playing exceptional cricket. And I take nothing away from Warner, Marsh and... Uh... Adam Zampa. I mean, Marsh was playing golf at one point. But uh, you you mentioned Sri Lanka and we actually didn't talk about them in the last Uncovered episode. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time Mm -hmm. on them. Look, they finally won a game versus the Netherlands and their batters have performed well in patches. Nisanka, the opener, he's gotten fifty quite regularly this tournament. Kusal Pereira got seventy-eight versus Australia. They had a great opening partnership going. And the other Kusal, also, Kusal Mendes, he's done fairly well as well. I mean, he got some big scores. And Sadira Samra Vikrama has, you know, risen up, scored another unbeaten ninety-one versus the Netherlands. That was a match winning effort. Dilshan Madhushanka is having uh, silently having a really good tournament. He's he's taken seven wickets in the last two games, and Kasun Rajitha as well took four versus the Netherlands. Now Sri Lanka have lost four out of five or three out of four, something like that. They just it doesn't seem like they'll make the semifinals. But let's talk about twenty twenty seven if we have that World Cup. By the way, we never know. Um, just a shout out for us. Game? We
2: said that this was going to yeah. happen beforehand, and if you look at the comments, yeah, some and of those everyone was like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, well yeah there's a reason i made that video and we made that podcast is because i i told you flat out this is going to happen they're already starting to talk about
0: this yeah and uh you know just the fact that
2: i mean ksr also deserves a shout out i think oh he yeah Hey, up with it he, well us. he's the reason yeah. i asked the question so he was de- <laughs> definitely yeah. on it um i think his stuff was more from the broadside uh broadcasters i was mm-hmm. more shocked at the IC, but that's inside baseball no one cares yeah go watch that
0: podcast if you guys are interested in whether or not odis will survive but What I was wanting to ask you is that do you see the Sri Lankan team, because they're all either in their early 20s or late 20s, do you see them being a threat in
2: 2027 if 2027 happens? I don't know if I have the bandwidth to think about the next tournament being that we may never finish Mm. this one Um, Mm. and that it may not go ahead anyway. But, yeah, look, there's a T20 World Cup coming up. A lot of their younger players have gone in. I think Estelle put a tweet out once with the, the average age of the Sri Lankan team you know, the core members of the Shonka team is incredibly young. And a lot of these players mm. are quite well ex- experienced. You know, Parthorana and Wellalage um, are not, right? But a lot of those other yeah. players are very experienced and, you know, have, have played a lot of cricket and everything else. So I think from that that side of things, what I, w- what I would say is that it doesn't matter if it's even in a year's time or in two years' time or, mm. you know, 2028 20, um, Olympics, if they make it. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. there'll be a better team going forward. There's something there. There's a lot of interesting players there that I like, lots of interesting pieces. Their batting seems to be maturing very quickly. I do think we maybe overrated their batting at the start of the tournament, being that we now know they were on probably the two best batting surfaces of all time. But even so, they still made the runs. Um, and we still know that without their two, two of their five best bowlers, they're young. They're an interesting team. Uh, I, I'm, I, I think there's still some holes within their cricket a little bit going forward. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Hasaranga, Tikshana, um, uh, Wellalage, and then you've got Matashanka, Partharana, uh, Chimiro, if he ever gets fit. Um, there's other seamers as well. And then you've got this top order, sort of, you know, finally Kusul, uh, Mendes is, you know, uh, maturing, and uh, Sato Rama mm-hmm. and all the. We're putting together a lot of names there of players who maybe aren't quite ready now you could see them and you're just like, well, there's something com- going on with these guys. How will they be in the next World Cup? How will they be even in test cricket over the next couple of years? It, it seems a lot more exciting than the, um, you know, the omni-shambles that they were not that long ago.
0: Yeah, no, I think they definitely look a better team ever since, you know, the downfall post, Sangha and Mahela. Just going to uh, give some shout-outs to the people who are watching. Athul Lekshman is here. Amitra from all from his Den is here, so shout-out to you. Shitaj Kumar. And also, we've got Embers assembling who has a super chat, Jared. So you could bring that up. You could start talking it, and I will bring it up. All right. So Ember's Assembling says, how is cricket rivalry with Afghanistan seen in Pakistan? Well, you're talking to a Pakistani Canadian who doesn't agree with 95% five of Pakistan, right? My views would get me slotted over here. But anyway, actually, I'll take that back. That got kind of dark. But um, <laughs> <Slots> yeah, I <it>. know <laughs> yeah, that definitely got dark. Look, uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan have had geopolitical tension. So mm. a lot of people do care about this on either side of the border i think afghanistan cares about it more yeah. because it's Pakistan always, is that's uh, the little brother
2: big yeah. brother thing isn't it
0: it's always that sort of thing pakistan does not like to lose versus afghanistan and there's been some trouble troubles with respect to fans uh, in these games so there, there, a, there is a bit of bad blood was there a game where the fans fought i can't even remember where that was yeah that was 2019 headingly and i was in the ground i didn't fight with anyone though i i was uh having fun (laughs) Um, but it i didn't uh, experience any of that but look uh, for a lot of people it does mean a lot in pakistan and i'm sure in afghanistan this is their biggest day ever
2: in cricket history but
0: why shouldn't it be you know i think think this is their biggest win isn't it like
2: as in emotionally just because yes i mean for those who don't know the full story a lot of these Afghanistani players especially the older ones trained in pakistan and they still train with pakistan and and everything and you know um the old wicket keeper the um uh, he wanted to play for Pakistan, um, and a lot of mm. them. See, you know, I feel like they've been talked down about by Pakistan cricket, and we've seen that with Bangladesh as well. But Pakistan, mm. Pakistan has become like a mini England uh, for, uh, for yeah. a couple of different countries, and and it is a big thing. And and uh, this is going to sound really random, but Ramesh Rajar is a big part of this as well. He does talk very patronizingly about Bangladesh and about Afghanistan. Mm. Um, I've seen that, yeah. And I know it was always a problem in Bangladesh. I got messages from Afghanistan suggesting a similar thing early in the game today. Afterwards, actually came back going, oh, he's saying nice things. But there was a time when he was saying things. And it's really what Ramiz is doing is he's just angry at how um, Pakistan is going. And he's trying to be honest. But in being honest, it makes it look like he's talking down about the other teams. Um, Ramiz has this habit of always calling other teams which he doesn't feel are as strong as Pakistan,
0: as lesser teams. And I've had an issue with that. I don't think you should be doing that on commentary. But, uh, you know, at least from my side, it's only happiness for Afghanistan. Uh, No animosity whatsoever. But yeah, things are complicated in the subcontinent, man. Whoever lives in India, Pakistan, you guys have to realize this, that look at the comment section. Everyone is fighting all the time. People swear at me on the comments. In our comments, comments,
2: they're great. But in other people's comments...
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I am, or I try to keep things extremely professional and everything, but even I get, you know, hammered with all kinds of bullshit online. But anyway, I want to move on to the Netherlands. Of course, uh, we've had so much cricket that we forgot that the Netherlands have defeated South Africa. And that is another huge upset, I'd say. And they've actually defeated them in consecutive World Cups, different formats. And I think that is huge. Scotty Edwards, 78 runs with the bat. He came out when the Netherlands were 82 for five. Took them to 245 odd uh, in 43 overs. Took three catches behind the stumps and his captaincy, you called it, by the way, I think has been the best on display in this World Cup. You know, close infielders, great matchups. He has a lot of knowledge, has done his homework. And I love the guy because he comes and says that, hey, we're, we're going to aim for the semi semi-finals. So how impressed are you?
2: Yeah, I, look, I, I put up beforehand. And so Peter Boren commented on, I think it was the best case, worst mm. case video that we did. Mm. And I put up that, you know, there's every possibility they don't win a game. And, you know, there there were a lot of Dutch fans who just privately contacted me saying, yeah, we might not win a game. But there are a lot of others going, I see what you're saying, but I just think that this team has something about it. And to be honest, this is the difference between the Afghanistan win against Pakistan. And Mm. uh, like there's nothing replicable about what Mm. Netherlands did to beat South Africa. They got themselves in a massive hole and then they got themselves out of it beautifully. And then they put, and that pressure then put South Africa in the hole. And uh, it was absolutely magnificent. But you know, Logan Van Beek can only score at a strike rate of 500, you know, once every uh, couple (laughs) of months. He can't do it every game, right? He can yeah. dance after every game. He though, can, and he's got some moves. He's Jared. a very good dancer, isn't he? Is he, yeah. I don't know, top seven dancers in New Zealand? There's only seven people in New Zealand. But, um, you know, <laughs> when he goes back to New Zealand, like, because in the Netherlands, I would assume there's more people who can dance. But anyway, mm. that's a conversation for another Yeah, time. I mean, he probably dances better than most sheep in New Zealand, I'd yeah. say. But yeah, he I mean, he plays county cricket as well, doesn't he? Him. There's no county players yeah. dancing like that. But look, Absolutely look, I, not I, with so kids. I think there's an element of, um, uh, you know, of, I'd love to see them play again like Afghanistan just played, right? Mm. Yeah. And we know they're really, really quite calm when they're in the field. And I think that's partly because Scott Edwards has been so on top of things and everything mm. But I'd love to see them chase. So when they, they chase that total against Pakistan, you know, we're in our Discord chat and a lot of people were getting excited. And I was like, yeah, I've seen this team. They're not chasing this. Like, and mm. I want to see that. I want to be proved wrong there. Um, but They do so many things right, and they've been doing so so many things right for a long time. Uh, And I love that, you know, coming into this, I don't think I had them as the 10th best team in one-day cricket. I probably had Mm. them as maybe 11th or 12th, right? And the fact that they have still done so well here, even in the losses, it just tells you how well they're going. But it's an absolute credit to everyone who works in Dutch cricket at the moment. Yeah, and they've got grey Nichols
0: as a sponsor and one of the best jerseys in this World Cup as well. But the two Dutch all-rounders, like Lo- Bastelada and Logan Van Beek, they've been really, really good. When they're not scoring runs, they're taking wickets quite regularly. And Ahmed has actually pointed this out in the comments as well. The Netherlands in both these last two games They've recovered really well. 82 for five versus South Africa and then 91 for six versus Sri Lanka. They went on to post 262 courtesy of 50s from Van Baek and Engelbrecht, love that
2: they, uh, And also Aryan Dutt is yeah, yeah. spinning a web. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> um, no, you're right. Also, Amit, um, they did that against West Indies to get here. A similar kind yeah. of thing. They can't keep doing that, right? But this hmm. is one thing where I would say how much this level of team has changed, which is, even in 2018, when I worked in, um, for Scotland, the other, the other analysts would say things like, you only need to take five wickets. If you can mm-hmm. take five wickets, then that's when you get the club cricketers coming out. You know, that's when you get the guys who are not quite at this level We put a bit of pressure on them. Not that they, you know, those guys can't step up in certain situations, but that's what you need to do. You look at this Dutch team, right? There's batting very deep. I don't think we've ever seen a team of this level uh, mm. You know, that sort of, let's say, 10, 11, 12 best team in the world, bat as deep as they do. And so, yes, there's an element of fluke that they keep losing all the wickets at the top and then coming back. But they've done it three times. Mm. So there's an element of, well, they've got a longer batting lineup. Um, they, Um, I would say this is the third World Cup in a row where their top order has not done the job. Max O'Dowd mm. basically batted on his own for two tournaments and now he's having a shocker mm. and no one's doing it. They have to get more runs out of the the, the guys at the top. But the guys down the order are completely doing their job.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Max O'Dowd is probably, you know, DJing for the team whenever they do win so that Logan Van Pake can dance. But anyway, we'll come back after a break and talk India so all Indian supporters can stick around for this next little phase. And you're watching Uncovered with Jared and Behram. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back to episode 55 of the Uncovered podcast. You're with Behram and Jared. And let's come to India, the only unbeaten team left in the World Cup who since the last Uncovered podcast has defeated both... Bangladesh and New Zealand New Zealand they've defeated after 20 years In the World Cup And New Zealand are their bogey team So that's a big one for India That'll feel really, really sweet And well, Virat Kohli nearly scored back-to-back hundreds And in match-winning causes So Kohli is back The king is reigning once again And even without Hardik Pandya India looked completely fine They're still the team to beat And that is
2: phenomenal Yeah, I think uh, I I compared him to 2003 Australia right, Where Australia didn't Mm -hmm. have Gillespie and Warn. And you brought in Andy Bickle and um, Brad Hogg. And so you mm. still have very, very good teams. You know, it's not maybe not quite the the, 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 the team that you wanted. And you know you can have a stronger team. Um, England yeah. won the last World Cup without Jofra Archer. What Hardick allows them to do when fit and playing at the level he's playing at the moment, especially with his bowling, it's just they can be so flexible with their lineup. He can be their fifth bowler. He can be their seventh bowler, right? They can really play with it in any direction. Now they're having to make a choice. They've got a specialist batter in the order and then uh, a specialist bowler further on. But when that spe- mm. uh, specialist bowler has the um, second-best strike rate in the history of um, ODI <laughs> cricket and the best one in, in World Cups, I mean, what a position to be in, that that is the player that you have on your bench. And, uh, you know, getting into the, getting into the knockouts certainly, they're going to want Hardik to be back. I don't, do you know how long the injury is? Because they kind of downplayed it, then he didn't go on the plane, and they're not very good mm. at talking about their injuries. It feels a little bit more serious than they're saying. Yeah, I mean, I've been quite confused as well. They did release a
0: press release or something that said that Hardik won't be playing the game versus New Zealand, but they didn't provide any sort of information on how serious the injury is. But Nasser Hussain in the comm box, when he did get injured, he got news from someone, and he said that Hardik has an internal injury not an external injury. And that does worry me because Hardik Pandya is a crunch player for India. And one of those days, they're going to need that batting and bowling depth, right? The specialists yeah. won't always win them games. But then again, Rohit has been attacking up top. Rohit 3.0, we've talked about him so much. We've written about him. He's been a part of so many podcasts. India getting off the flyers because of him. And that's a big part of their winning formula. Shami, like you said, literally was on the bench and second best strike rate in the world and comes in and gets a five-wicket haul. He did something similar versus Australia in the ODI series earlier. Shubman Gill also has his first ever World Cup half-century. So how does one beat this Indian team? Like, what does a team need to do to overcome this challenge?
2: Yeah, I I think there aren't many many ways that you can do it outside of just the obvious, right? Which is, Mm -hmm. you know, new ball wickets. So there have been a lot of wickets falling in this tournament, but most of them have gone to New Zealand and India. So someone's gonna mm-hmm. have to get wickets against them. And I I thought that when New Zealand had their best chance was when they got the fourth and fifth wicket, right? Mm-hmm. And they maybe, maybe in that way, South Africa would be a team that's slightly set up better um to be in that sort of situation. Um you get a flat pitch against Australia, though. We know Australia can make 350, 380, put you under a lot more uh pe- pressure. So the best teams can still stretch them. And the only this is why this tournament's so ridiculous is a bit like New Zealand in 1992. You're going to be the best team all the way through the tournament. and If you don't win one game, you go home early, right? And so yeah. th- there's no reason why that can't happen to India as well. But mm-hmm. they just, to me, have so many contingencies. I thought it was really interesting that they still went hard at the top with one uh, less bat in, mm-hmm. in, in the team. That, to me, is the best sign I've seen from India so far, other than the fact that I already thought they were really good. But the fact that they're... They didn't go, oh, actually, we don't, we don't have batting down to eight, so let's just pull it back a little bit now. And they were like, no, no, we're going to keep yeah. batting the same way. Um, And that, uh, you know, in the end, New Zealand didn't make it completely tight, but one more wicket, Uh, yeah. definitely. I think it might have been when Jadeja and Kohli were batting once one stage, Jadeja went halfway down mm-hmm. the, the crease and uh, you know, made a huge error there. That's a run out there. Then it gets really yeah. interesting. And, and, you know, that's what other teams have to be doing is going, okay, We need six wickets. Let's get six wickets by the 35th over by any means necessary. Then we have a chance of beating them. Yeah, and they're definitely the team to beat and they're
0: firm favourites to lift this World Cup. And let's just uh, hope for Indian supporters' sake that when it comes to November 19th, we're not talking about a bad half-hour of cricket or peaking at the wrong time and that sort of stuff. But India are looking really, really good. Let's go on to New Zealand as well, you know. They lost to India but did defeat Afghanistan even though five catches were dropped. It was quite a convincing win. And look, their batters have been getting runs. Will Young got a 50 versus Afghanistan as as did Tom Latham and Glenn Phillips. And then Russian Ravindra once again got a 50 versus India, 75, really attractive 75 at first drop. And Tyrell Mitchell scored 130 as well. But do you reckon they're lacking a bit of firepower in that batting lineup? Um,
2: I mean, it's kind of how they've always been, right? Um, mm. if, if Mitchell went a bit slower in that innings, then we have seen him at times, you know, we saw him against England in one of the games before the World Cup, just completely open up, right? And. He didn't do that, and it could have just been because they had the bad start. And that's a New Zealand trait. That's how they play their cricket, and that's fine. I think any team that has Mitchell, Phillips, and um, Chapman has the ability to score very, very quickly. But they have a lot of guys who don't want to score particularly quickly, and that is their that is their uh, you know their way of going about it. I'm not sure their batting's all that much different than Pakistan's really, mm. other than what Philip, they, Pakistan don't have Phillips, right? That's probably the mm. main difference between, between the two. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think from that perspective, but if I hadn't have lost the early wickets, but th- that's the thing. When you do lose early wickets, it is very hard to continue batting in that same way when you know that, um, you know, uh, you've got Santner at eight, which, which is not terrible, yeah. but th- they, the way that New Zealand generally play is they try and get par or just above par scores um, unless everything goes their way and then they can score mm. massively against you. They're, they're a good team. I can't see... I, I think they've been fantastic. I just cannot see mm. how a team can win this World Cup with Ratcha Ravindra as their fourth bowler. I just... Uh, sorry, mm. fifth bowler. Um, he was fourth bowler yeah. in one game, but um, I just mm-hmm. cannot see how they will be able to do that. And I think, again, you saw her against India. When you, t- you talk about the batting fow- power play, sorry, the batting um, power, it was the bowling power of if they had one more bowler in that lineup, it would have been completely different, right? Like they would have been able to keep more pressure on them. And in the end, when, was Ravindra bowling like the 43rd over or something? like Something like that, yeah. That shows you what they were trying to do is take as much wickets as they could early on with their frontline bowlers. Um, mm. It's just, that's not an ideal situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, they do have a fifth bowler issue somewhat, but
0: Mitchell Santner is the leading wicket-taker of this World Cup with 12 scabs. Absolutely. He's been phenomenal. Yeah, and Lockie Ferguson is back in form. He's bowling Thunderbolts. He's bouncing batters out left, right and center. has got like five wickets in the last two games since we recorded an episode. And then, you know, the new bowl pair of uh, Matt Henry and Trent Bolt. You know, Bolt was always different gravy, but Matt Henry is getting that ball to wobble, as pointed out by Emmett in the comment section. And you know, cleaned up Gurbaz with a peach. He's been really, really good this World Cup. And people forget that Matt Henry has played two
2: World Cup finals, right? Is he the most underrated seamer at this World Cup? I don't think people understand how good he's been at striking. It's funny that unless you're a fast bowler or like a left armer, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember when Chris Wokes was the leading power play bowler going into the last World Cup. No one mm-hmm. when I wrote about it, people was like, "What what are you talking about??" No he's not?" And I was like, "No, he is. he's taking his wickets he's taken like forty wickets in the power play, at whatever it was, an average of twenty or something, and I think Matt Henry's yeah. a little bit like that um It's not quite as dramatic uh, and he you know he gets them in kind of conventional ways and and everything else, but no, he's been fantastic. Their top four bowlers are absolutely not the issue here. Hmm. I expect some regression from Santana just because he's been so good at the start of the tournament. Um, that it would be very hard for him to keep up this level of being good. But if he does, that's yeah. incredible. Lockie started terribly and is already great. Bolt hasn't taken many wickets yet. What's mm-hmm. Bolt got? Five or six wickets? Something like that. Know. And Rohit snapped a six off a of knuckleball, which would dent his confidence. Well, right? the other well, thing I would say is, I reckon most of his wickets are from the knuckleball. So what happens if he... Mm. I would say what happens if you get the ball to swing? But it doesn't seem like anyone can get it to swing in this tournament at the moment. But if he can get it yeah. to swing... That makes it more interesting. If all four of their frontline bowlers are f- firing, that's more of the Australian model than at that stage, isn't it? Um, and yeah. if Santana can be economical and take wickets, and it kind of has to do both because, you know, Ratchin and Phillips, well, Phillips cannot continue to take wickets the way he has, and Ratchin cannot be either, right? Um, he kind of has to make up for that. It's It's risky, but it's still possible. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And before we go on a break, I just really need to
0: talk to you about this. Please. Talk to me about Daryl Mitchell's sweat. And also the fact that Simon's
2: strike rate duel, who I love, by the way, has called him out. <laughs> hey, look, he sweats a lot. Um, mm. did you, I remember still getting attacked <laughs> by that guy. Uh, so I, I tweeted a joke going... Uh, Daryl Mitchell is sweating more in Cardiff than I've ever seen a human sweat. He's going to have fun in the world cup in India. And this guy was <laughs> going back. I, th- I think you'll find that India is not even that hot at this time of year. And I was like, well, it is compared to <laughs> Cardiff. Um, <laughs> interesting enough, he sweats, but he doesn't cramp. So cramps mm. are really big issue in this tournament, right? I would say, yeah. I would say I've never seen a cricket tournament with as many players get cramps. Um, it doesn't happen as much in T20 cause you're probably not out there as long. Um, but quite often, people who sweat a lot also cramp a lot, and that's—I'm talking about myself there. But he is a puddle, right? Like, okay, yeah. we know he likes to bat out of his crease. I'm just saying, if he stood out of his—if he's batting in the first innings, and he stands far enough down the crease and he keeps touching his helmet, could he not put a wet spot on the pitch? I'm just—I'm not <laughs> suggesting he should tamper with the wicket. I'm just saying, could
0: he do it? What if he rubs his helmet on the pitch? Because he's sweating through his helmet, right? I've seen that and it's it's crazy. But uh, let's just take some of the comments before we go on break. Uh, Sumit says, Hi, Bheram. Didn't know you were Canadian, but your gracefulness and niceties surely seem Canadian. Pakistani people are nice too. Very hospitable. Come on. Come on, Sumit. And then Emma is asking a lot of questions. Emma, I'm trying to entertain all of them. But uh, yeah, if you really want one answer, there's a super chat option. And that goes out to everybody. Your question will be taken 100% if you do send us a super chat. But uh, yeah, that's it for New Zealand and India. We've got a bunch of other teams to talk about. So we'll come back after this break to talk about them. You're watching Uncovered with Jared and Baram. See you after this break.
2: This video is brought to you by Wicket Cricket Manager, the game that makes me scream at my phone. Welcome back to episode 55 of the Uncovered Podcast.
0: you with Behram and Jared. And Sandhya Das is in the comments saying hi. So hello to you, Sandhya. Now, let's come to South Africa. Now, they're an extremely funny team, aren't they? Who After losing to the Netherlands, they humiliated England. And Heinrich Klassen scored 109 of 67 balls on one leg because he really was having a tough time out there. Marco Janssen at number seven has been a revelation, 75 of 42. And I know CS, our colleague, will be chuffed about that. Rossi and Reza Hendricks got 50s as well. And uh, Gerald Coetzee.
2: Am I saying that right? I think so, because there was a tennis player called Amanda Coetzee. So I've said it that way. And then sometimes I get freaked out and I say Coetzee, because I've heard people say it that way. But I think it's Coetzee. Yeah. Okay, I'm going
0: to call him Coetzee because it's Nokia. It's easier that way. But he's been devastating with the ball as well. He's been uprooting stumps for fun. They'll surely make it to the semifinals, right? Oh, they'll make it to the semifinals, won't they?
2: Mm.
0: Are you suggesting that's where they finish? I am suggesting that can
2: they shit the bed from here on in (laughs) the group stage? They could certainly shit the bed from here. Um, (laughs) Look, they, because of, here's my issue. Group stage, I don't think, I'm not not saying they'll win every game, but I think they'll certainly Mm. get enough. If they get in that first semifinal, so i've got a theory and i haven't backed it up 100% but that it is harder to mm-hmm. chase in world cups than it is in a normal game and the reason being mm-hmm. in a normal game you're just like wow well, we'll have a go if we don't do it we don't do it that's fine um and in a world cup it's like oh my god we have to chase this total and so you know the tension just goes up massively we know they're not a good chasing side and the game that they lost they were chasing um odds are i know i know we found out recently the coin flip is not 50-50 but um, you know, if chances are in one of those games, they are going to have to bat second. Mm-hmm. That is my issue because I think it's much easier to bat with a shallow batting on Even though Marco has been incredible, you mm-hmm. can still see that they were quite nervous when they lost the five wickets at that 37 over mark against England. England did everything right except get that one last wicket. Right. And if they'd done yeah. that, it could have been absolute carnage. I mean, England might still have collapsed and no runs, because who knows? But mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have been the total that they were looking for. When you're batting second, everything changes. And it is very, very different. I think they might be at almost as good as India when they bat first. I think they might be almost as good as Pakistan when they bat second. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a word that we won't take for South Africa, which a lot of people will start using if they are not able to chase some totals. But, but yeah, but yeah that, I think this so is a perfect point. Let's say it happens, right? and they hmm. and they do fail and that's what everyone was saying it's like well wait a minute we knew that they were struggling with chases before and that isn't choking that is literally doing what you always do all the flaws yeah. throughout the history of south african cricket are always ad- in their lineup if you look at them
0: anyway <coughs> yeah i mean um, uh, there's another really really fascinating thing that's happened with south africa of course uh temba bavuma was ill Riza Hendricks came in scored 85 Temba is South Africa's captain who's been a part of a few memes already you know him with the towel him sleeping during the captain's talk look i like temba i i do not dislike temba i think odi cricket is his format but this is a precarious situation to say the least what's his odi batting average it was 57 odd before the world cup i haven't checked it since. i think it's 50 what's reza hendricks' batting average reza hendricks is probably averaging in the high 40s I think it's isn't 30. it isn't it so Oh, is it? It's it might be 30. slightly oh, wow.
2: higher after the innings the other day. Imagine South Africa of all teams dropping their captain, who's already dropped himself once in a World Cup. But imagine mm. them dropping a captain who's averaging 50 for a guy who's averaging 30 uh, because of one innings. Like it, it, Temba's got terrible PR, hasn't he? He's got some of the worst PR, maybe worse than Adam Zampa. Yeah. No, no, he does. And look, a lot of it is um, yeah, 30.2. Riz Hendricks had to look it up to make sure I was right. Mm. Um, uh, no, he does. And a lot of it is racism. A lot of it is the mm. quota system and how it worked and, and everything else. I think yeah. he's a natural ODI player. He hasn't been very good in this World Cup, but actually, coming into this World Cup, I thought he could be a really important player because he's mm. incredibly fit. He's very good at pl- against playing, uh, uh, very good playing spin, very good at strike rotating. All the things you want for an Asian uh, 50 over World Cup. He's very, he's an elite player. Right? He doesn't have some of the mm. other elite skills. Look, I, reza Hendricks is fantastic, but you just can't. I don't think you could make that change from a cricket point of view, from a captaincy point of view, from a politics point of view. Like, I could go on and on and on. It would be a terrible decision. But what's great is that they have a guy like Reza Hendricks who is available to them who can probably bat anywhere from one to four, maybe, uh, and yeah. and be fine. And, and we saw the Will Young is another version of this. These are, these are hmm. to be happy about because I don't know. Temba comes back, he was only ill, right? So he comes back, and next game, uh, Heinrich Klaassen shatters his hamstring or something. And you, you have hmm. Um, They have the ability to be able to handle that, you know, as, as India did, um, you know, with Hardik. That's the position you want to be in. You don't want to be in the position like England where it's like, okay, so Reese Topley's out and we're going to pick Bryden Cars. Is Bryden Cars playing hmm. the next game? Is he going to change England's World <laughs> Cup hopes? No, and that was the team that had incredible depth, but they don't have incredible depth in that side of their cricket, right? Uh, Yeah. At the moment, you know, and Joffre's injured as well. So it is two frontline bowlers that they're missing there. And we saw with Sri Lanka, what happens when you lose two of your, you know, five best uh, bowlers? It's not ideal. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I can't see how Temper's not, not, as long as he doesn't have the runs anymore. Well, as long as he has the right kind of runs, not the wrong kind of runs. That's a diary. That is also road. very, very In case true. anyone didn't get it, I want to make it <laughs> very clear. Yeah, well, Temba's also a
0: terrific fielder, so he adds value over there as well. And uh, Arco in the comments has actually asked, why isn't Janaman Milan in the SAT? So is that something to do with that quota system
2: that you're talking about? Because I, I think he's a really good player, Janaman Milan. No. So, I mean, very rarely is it to do with the quota system. It's more to do with the fact mm. that Janaman Milan is the same as everyone else. What, what player in that team is he better than, right? Everyone mm. is of such a high level. Like I would say, the only thing I would say about Janaman is he is probably a better player um, uh, than Riza Hendricks in one day cricket so far. In and, and he's a bit, but he is a bit younger. But Janaman Milan averages 48, but with a strike rate of 83. So most of those guys, mm. I can't remember what Timber's uh, strike rate is, but I would assume it's higher. Everyone else off the top of my head would be the same or higher. And they're all absolutely... Um, you know, have the ability to beast the ball everywhere where Giannaman probably doesn't have that as well. So, Riley, you could throw Riley Rousseau in there as well. Um, Am Mm -hmm. I missing, is there another one? Yeah, Riley could have been there, actually. DeWolf Brevis. That's a very valid point, right?
1: Right? Mm -hmm. Baby, baby.
2: Uh, Tristan Stubbs. Stubbs. He's really good, right? So, they've got a lot of players, but if people keep saying, why isn't this guy there? It's like, have you been watching? They've got the best top six in the world. That's why they Mm -hmm. don't need to make any changes. Uh, Temba Bavuma, I've said this from the start, they tried to get him to work in test cricket. I think he's not quite good enough to be hmm. a consistent test player. He's probably a fringe test player. They tried to get him in the T20 team. Man can hardly hit the ball off the square. He is born to be a one-day player, and it took them forever, <laughs> and finally gets in the one-day team, and what does he do? Every one of those players is overperforming. They're all in their peak, right? They're yeah. overperforming um, outside of perhaps Markram, who probably just mm-hmm. should be this good, and has taken a long time to get there. But David Miller's in his career best form. Heinrich Klassen's in his career best form. Rassi four years ago, uh, with, you know, in the last World Cup played well, but was nowhere near the player he is now. Quint de Kock looks Correct. like he's very, very good. Bavoom, like there's a reason those other guys aren't in the team is because these guys are incredible. Mm-hmm. This is the best top six, uh, in between the two, um, World Cups. Now India didn't always play their best lineup. So maybe India can push them a little bit more, mm-hmm. but geez, this is an incredible lineup. Yeah,
0: that top six plus a fit and firing Marco Janssen. If he keeps scoring runs, then South Africa have no problems as things stand. Uh random question from Sandhya Das for you, Jared. Have you been to Byron Bay? I have been to Byron Bay, yes. All right. Well, there you go, Sandhya. And Kieran Harry's Byron me Bay, bug- a lot of hippies. All right, then maybe I'll go <laughs> yeah. someday. Kieran Harry. Of oh, both,
2: probably both.
0: <laughs> both, of course. <laughs> All happy vibes. Uh, Kiran Hariharan says, Baram, what do you think Shaheen is missing in this World Cup? I think he's not 100% fit and also he's not getting that ball to swing.
2: We've spoken about Shaheen at the start of the episode. But so it's you can both. To check that I, think, out. I think it is both. I th- yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, not a, maybe a half a yard slower and it's not swinging. One of those comes back hmm. and he'll still be really good.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping things turn around for him. But uh, Somit asks, should Rizwan replace Baba as Pakistan's next captain? We'll deal with that later. There'll be another Uncovered podcast on that. It's not time for that yet. Um, anyway, let's move on to England. Of course, mm-hmm. it's taken us a lot of time, but uh, I'm sure there are a lot of, you know, listeners and, and viewers who really want us to talk about England. Now, if Pakistan defecated on their birthday cake, England defecated on their birthday cake and ate it, right? Did England Does that sound fair? Did England defecate on their legacy?
1: Hmm.
2: do you know what's
0: funny not even basketball this is the white ball uh, you know reset that they went through and you know they've looked absolutely toothless in this World Cup they dropped all of their all-rounders versus South Africa unless you count David Willey as an all-rounder and they brought back back Stokes but got rid of Livingston and not Harry Brook Reese Topley the one guy who was getting wickets for them is out injured and uh, commiserations to Reese and his dad because Don Topley was you know really really animated in the stands and Don Topley's always really animated
2: Don Topley is animated yeah, but, in every conversation that you can ever be involved with Don Topley. And Don Topley will be involved <laughs> in every conversation ever. He's a chatty, chatty man. Um, yeah. Um, Look, I think uh, me and Matt Roller did a podcast recently and I, I was a bit worried about their ages. So it's mm. not that I think that they were about to fall off a cliff. I certainly didn't predict this. I would never say that mm. I did, but I was worried about it's a really old team and, I didn't think the young players looked as strong as the, you know, I mean, Mm. even Dawood Milan, right? He is, if you go back all the way through his career, just a really, really strong performer who probably when he got to 28, 29, hit another level. But you look at some of these other players, you know, guys like Tom Banton and Mm. um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that have come in and they just don't look as well-rounded and as... Mm. Talented, and the bowlers is, is a bit even bigger issue. Like Adil Rashid had to play because they didn't think Mo and Ali could bowl, and they don't have another spinner that they trust in a, in this World Cup. Yeah, um, Mark Wood is still playing despite the fact that he is he's, he's just a different kind of bowler to Liam Plunkett, and would probably be better off in a different mm-hmm. kind of role. It looks now. It, I, I think it's probably safe to say at this stage. Um, and Matt Matt was saying that even though they may not win all the tournaments coming up, that it would be hard to see them not going, getting into the semifinals. Um, you know, m- mm. mostly, but more, certainly more often than not. And it's incredible how quickly this has turned around. I think their weaknesses have been massively exposed. Outside of Adil Rashid bowling fairly well, every other weakness that I ever mentioned has come to fruition. Right mm. now, think about th- think about that compared to Mitch Santner and Marco Janssen, who've gone completely mm. the other way. So. Sometimes yeah. this happens and sometimes it goes the other way. Same with Pakistan, right? Pakistan, I'm like, I'm not sure about their spin. When I said I wasn't sure about the spin, Bayram, I wasn't like, they are going to be shit. I just didn't think they <laughs> would take a lot of wickets, but they have been shit, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And so every weakness that England had has, has come to fruition. But most of all, mm-hmm. let's be honest, and you could say this of early Australia, and you could probably say this, you know, Pakistan bowlers could be in this as well. A lot of those guys are just not in form. And if they were in form, they would carry heaps of it. Like England could score, what, 40, 50 runs above par, right? Hmm. Have they even threatened that at one stage? So we know that their bowling can sometimes be weak, but they make up for it by putting extra pressure on the opposition by scoring extra runs. They haven't done that once, so their bowlers have had to just bowl normally and sometimes even attack more because they haven't had the totals that they've needed and they've looked absolutely terrible and by
0: dropping their all-rounders that also gives them less of a license to actually play the way they play and uh, coughs and Jason Roy but um Jay, uh, Joe Root he recently in an interview that i was just reading before our podcast admitted that a lack of ODI cricket might be playing a part for or, or has contributed to england's results and uh, what do you think of that is is that an excuse is that like cuz these guys play top level cricket and t20 cricket the year round right
2: yeah um I think Pakistan and England have played the least amount of ODIs of the major sides who are semi-final chances. Um, mm. but Australia doesn't use their main players that often. So it's a bit messy when I looked into it, but I would say of the top six teams, England probably did use their top players the least, um, coming into this World Cup. So I think there is de- mm. definitely truth. They said it beforehand. They said it a year, uh, mm. almost a year ago. They're playing South Africa in South Africa and they started flagging it up then and. We've seen what England have been doing over the last couple of years is very high risk stuff when it comes to their planning because England play mm-hmm. too much cricket, right? Uh, England and India play too much cricket and sometimes you have to take risks. And we saw them in the middle of a test match, resting players, uh, for a world cup. Uh, we saw them, we see, saw them get rid of all their ODIs off their schedule because they had two T20 World Cups going up. And what they are banking mm-hmm. on is then swinging back towards it late. So the Australian style, right? Of just being like, uh, we're not worried about that. We're not worried about that. Oh my God, what do we do? I oh, know. And I just think they thought that their team was more solid than it, and it slightly was. I, I have been on the record from the start that I thought what Sam Curran did in the T20 World Cup in Australia was not going to last. They've mm-hmm. got to, I think they had an inkling that it might not last, which is why they had the extra bowler in this squad. They now know 100%, but it has not worked. Yeah. Chris Wokes absolutely just doesn't look like the Chris Wokes that they need him to mm-hmm. be at the moment. Um, Moe and Alley can't get through 10 overs. and Livingston can get through 10 overs when it's a ragging pitch, but generally that means the opposition's mm-hmm. going to have a better spinner. So does that get It's It's one of those things. Sometimes when the part timers bowl well, you just mm-hmm. think to yourself, well, that's the worst thing that could happen because the other team doesn't have part timers. Um, and they're going to do even better. Um, I, I just think there was a lot of weaknesses there. And I think it's a combination of that. They haven't played a lot of ODI cricket, certainly their best players. I mean, you know, Joe Root and Ben Stokes were all bit retired from this format. Right. And then the other thing is sometimes you just all lose form at the wrong time. There's not much you can do about that sort of that, that side of it. Everything else though, they knew about coming in. I think they tried to fix some of it. They couldn't fix it because they just don't have the players available to them. And then they didn't put enough um, cricket into the right people's legs. Yeah,
0: and their bowling is looking in absolute shambles. Batting is not performing up to par at all. And in order to you know claw their way back into this tournament, they're going to have to outbat some teams. And I personally cannot see that happening. Anyway, in the comments, we've got Rayhan Ahmed and Ritwik Gokale who have joined us. So hello to you guys. Not, re- not is me, here. Rehan Ahmed. No, no, no! Not the Rayana. I was like, not geez. And uh, my my man Pratik is here, who who says, who calls me this guy. So, hello to you, Pratik as well. Sorry for confusing you with Pratik. jha love both of you guys. Anyway, moving to Bangladesh. Of course, we've talked about everyone just quickly on Bangladesh. Then you know they've not looked good at all. You could make an argument that they've been you know, the worst team on show or on display since we last recorded. Liton and Tanzeed got some runs, mm-hmm. you know, versus India. They scored some attractive 50s, particularly Tanzeed. I think he was really impressive. And then, you know, Mushafiq Rahim and Mahmoud have been rolling back the years scoring some important runs. But really, the batting isn't clicking. Their bowling is not getting enough wickets. Shakib is injured at this point, you know. We don't even know when he'll be yeah. fit. And I feel like this is a missed opportunity for the Tigers because... They are a better team than this. This is arguably one of the best squads that they've assembled for a World Cup. And they've absolutely, you know, uh, I don't, don't see them even challenging for, you know,
2: sixth at this point. Look, the one thing I would say is that the last two games they played were against India and New Zealand. And mm. they're, so they're, they're one and one against Afghanistan and England, right? Mm. They've got Sri Lanka and the Netherlands to come up. Uh, they've got Pakistan. They could still win four games, and then we won't be saying any of this. Some of this is schedule dependent, right? The game hmm. against England, they they disappointed themselves. The, ga- the game against England and the game against India, they lost their top order.
1: Hmm.
2: They got their top order back against New Zealand, and they gave themselves a chance. They, my worry is this more and more, and this is why England, is one of the reasons England is struggling, this is looking like a tournament where you need to be able to take constant wickets. And yeah. they have a more of a defensive-minded bowling attack And Mm Shaqib's not playing, right? Yeah, And and I do think all, and not that he's a massively attacking, he's another defensive bowler, but a very, very good defensive Mm -hmm. bowler and puts pressure on. Um, And I do think that if he was playing, um, that might be slightly different. I'm more interested to see how they go in the next three games. I think they play, I'm trying to think who they play next. South Africa, Pakistan, and one more team. Yes, South Africa, Netherlands, Pakistan. So they should be aiming for two wins
0: in the next three Hmm. games, right? I think they might even get them if Pakistan continues to play the the way they're playing. And uh South Africa Bangladesh is always an interesting contest, right? Bangladesh have defeated them in World Cups before. I can think of two different instances back in two thousand and seven, which was or yeah, two thousand and seven, which was quite big. And then recently in twenty nineteen as well. And ARCO. Arko has once again brought up something really interesting. He said that the pitches that Bangladesh play in, they don't allow their players to grow; it kind of
2: stunts their growth. So, do you think there's truth to that? Yeah, sentiment. I've made that video before. Mm. I think it's a huge part of. of I, I think they, I, I think they need to change their pitches at home as much as possible mm. in the way that New Zealand did to start improving their cricket. So, yeah, I think that's a big part. But yeah, I, I do like South Africa and Bangladesh as as a matchup. Mm. I think, but you know, if if Bangladesh can make 280 um and yeah. get Af- and get south africa in it it's actually if south africa win it's a really important game for them and if they lose it's a really important game for them either way hmm. it'd be i would almost be tempted if i was south africa so what have they got three wins or four wins at this stage three wins three out of four three out of four yeah i would be tempted for the rest of the tournament to bat second right till you get ah. until you get to the finals and just say to them we're not we can't get to the finals just playing to our mm. strengths and then get to the finals, and the first time we get there, we get a bad toss. Let us that second every single time and prove to ourselves that it's not an issue. If it is an issue, then it, at least they can try and work through it on the way there. And Bangladesh is a really good team to do that against. Send them in. You know, Hopefully you bowl them out for 12 and you don't have to worry about it. But if they do make <laughs> 260 or 320 or you know something in between there, get your players out there, see how you go. Yeah. Don't lose
0: hope just yet. Bangladesh fans and, uh, Emadu is once again asked, once again asked that Mamudullah is batting too low in the order. Well, Mehdi Hasan is batting up the order. You know, you've, you've got to fit those guys in somewhere. But one last thing that I want to ask you, Jared, and we'll end this uncovered podcast on this note. If you had to rate on a scale of one to 10, Richard Kettleborough's umpiring,
2: what would you give him? Oh, I haven't really thought much about it. Um, <laughs> is it bad? Is it good? Are you, where are you feeling? Oh no, I know. I, I. Um. It hasn't entered my consciousness.
0: I mean, he's not Joel Wilson. I think Joel Wilson is the modern day Billy Drachrove. That's how bad he is. And David Warner would probably have a lot more to say than I do. But uh, yeah, I just don't
2: think that was. Yeah, that 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 was a wide in my books. I'm not sure what you think about it. Do you? Oh, okay, that one. Um, mm. I don't mind that because if a batter runs across his stumps, like mm. if 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 Virat was in his normal position and it hits his pad. And I, mm. I I don't I don't mind that. I mean, I've never thought of Kettlebra as an elite um well, they're all elite umpires, mm-hmm. but I've never heard, yeah. thought of him as that top-tier umpire. And I've never thought of him as that Joel Wilson, Rod Tucker umpire, where I'm just like, How did you end up on this panel? Um I, I've always thought of him as fine, but yeah, he's not, he's not in the upper echelon um of uh, uh who's the tall guy, Michael Goff, um and yeah. the the Indian guy never makes a mistake or Moray Erasmus. Um Mm-hmm. Maria Erasmus is good. You know, I, I have those guys well above, um, well above, uh, Kettlebra, but I've never thought of him as terrible. Um, and that wide call mm-hmm. look, I was okay with it from a technical point of view. Um, mm-hmm. but the fact that Virat Kohli danced around a ball on his pads, um, to get a, you know, the whole thing was just weird. That whole, that whole end yeah. was weird, but we've talked about that before. But, uh, but yeah, uh, let us finish this podcast so we can actually do another mm-hmm. podcast. So I can do my third podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah we have to go
0: record footmarks today as well which will be out on wednesday but thank you to everyone who joined us from the comments and uh, you know it's always a pleasure to have you guys thank you for supporting our channel continue to do so subscribe to both of jared's channels so that you can get all sorts of content and yeah uh, do tune again tune in again next week for this episode that'll be it you were with Behram and jared that's it for the uncovered podcast goodbye
2: thanks for listening This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are many other extras as well, including a Discord channel. There's a link to those in the show notes. Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Barat Sundaresan and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orijoti Sena and Maida Akam, both producing podcasts, while Mukunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube content. Tired of editing your podcasts and videos because you are as lazy as me? Well, try using Memento FM, an AI-based service that cuts and dices, so all you have to do is hit post. Try Memento FM today.